You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. I'm Patty Bedwell, one of the Elder Care Coordinators at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Today, we are speaking with Jared Doula, Caitlin Clifton, about different types of doulas and the services they provide. Welcome, Caitlin. Hey, Patty. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. We're, we're very happy to have you with us. Um, can you start out by telling us what is a geriatric doula and how do they differ from an end-of-life doula? That's a great question. Uh, if I can, let's start with just the word doula. I know most people are familiar with a birth doula. You know, if you think about our society, even here in America, if a mother is expecting a child, there are resources, there are um, support, there are doctors, there's nurses, there are coaches, there's answers. You know, a, a lady can have a child in a hospital, in a clinic, and um, she could have a midwife. Uh, it, today, it's absolutely acceptable for a lady to have a child in a bathtub at home with a photographer, you know, a birthing pool. And so, to think about the respect, the reverence, the resources, and the acceptance of birth, the labor of birth, is to then ask, why don't we have that on the other side? On the other side of life with the labor of aging, the labor of sickness, and the labor of dying. And that's where doula comes in. So the word doula actually comes from the ancient Greek, and it means a person who serves. It is a servant leadership type of approach. And so a lot of folks say, well, what's a what's the job description of a doula? Well, really, a doula is a orientation. It's a theory that's applied to your already skill set. So I have doulas, uh, friends that only do Medicare and Medicaid. I have doula friends that do um, vigil and the actual labor of death. They have death doulas. I also have friends that do hospice through the end of life. They're end of life doulas. And so my practice is just a little bit different uh, as the the gero doula. Of course, gerontology is the study of aging. And so my practice starts at initial Medicare. Hmm. Well, that's uh, that's. That's interesting, and I must say I haven't heard of that before, and I do know that's uh, that's something that will be very well received or should be very well received. So it, it sounds a bit like um, uh, care management for an elderly person, but I suspect that there's a, a pretty significant difference between a geriatric doula and a care manager. Sure, that's a good uh, that's a good parallel because case managers, I've said, are, are so needed. That expertise is so needed. And a doula taps into that a little bit. 
Um, as a gerontology doula or a gerodoula, it's really important to know those milestones that um, older adults hit so that they have a smooth transition. And one of those things is Medicare and Medicaid. One of those things is life review and legacy and, th- and things like closure, things like regrets. So really, you could akin a gerodula more to a life coach. Um, it's very specific and it's specialized. And then you apply whatever skill set, academic background, or professional background the person has. So for me, my academic background is psychology, counseling, and aging. And so I do a lot with the psychological um, development and aging development with things like uh, what I call rugs, regrets, unfinished business, guilt, and shame, because we all have them. And in aging development, we know that everybody will have a period where they look back on their life and they result in either contentment or despair. So if we know as professionals what's coming around the corner, whether it's psychologically or it is emotionally or financially with Medicare, Medicaid, those things, don't we have a higher responsibility to be experts in those things and guide that path. And that's really what got me started in this, Patty. Wow, that's uh, that's that's something. That, that's just amazing. That sounds like a very needed service. Um, so you start with people when they reach the age of Medicare. Um, so they start drawing on those um, senior services, so to speak. Um what what do you actually do with someone? So what are um, could you give me some examples of the services that you are you provide as a geriatric doula? Absolutely. Think about the doula as the person that uh, calls the plays and stands on the sidelines as the, at the game. So our client is the quarterback, and their next of kin or their loved one or their spouse or the person they trust the most is the coach. I'm the microphone in the ear. And so with Medicare specifically, there is a real problem with misinformation and with misunderstanding with Medicare, Medicare Advantage plans, Medicare supplements, and Medicaid. And I can make a really good case that if those things are done incorrectly or there is a problem, that it will become a burden for the rest of their life. Most people know that with Medicare, there is timetables. And if people are misinformed and they are even scammed or lied to, that it will affect their health care and their finances for the rest of their life. And so I am not an insurance agent. I don't write policy. I'm not on commission. Rather, what we do is I usually sit down and do a Medicare 101 that this is your initial enrollment period. This is what you're looking at cost-wise monthly. This is what the difference between A, B, C, and D is. This is what a supplement pays for. This is what you'll most likely need. This is where the trick is or the pitfall is. And we literally do an education session and we plan then on top of that with everyone 
about Medicaid and about long-term planning in a very educational way to say, we can do this. We're going to think about it ahead of time. I'm going to lay it out and show you the pitfalls. And then we have a few things that we can do right now to take it off the plate and you'll never have to worry about it again, such as life insurance. To assign a life insurance makes it a non-countable asset. Now, I will uh, stop here and say, Patty, that um, you all have been one of my big champions and partners, that if it becomes a legal situation or an estate thing, I refer that out for sure. I do not do estates. I do not do uh, anything legal. So being a doula is wonderful as an advocate, as a coach, and as an academic educator. But I am not an insurance. I'm not licensed in insurance. I, I don't do anything legal, legal work in that way. So kind of a little bit similar to what what we do or the role of a, of a, a care manager is just kind of that guiding role. Um, it sounds like you're a little more um, involved, possibly. Um, so after they after they're set up with Medicare and all that, um, what other do, do you stay in contact with them, or do they reach out to you if something comes along in their life, or what's what's your ongoing relationship once they? It's different for every family. Uh, I mean, really, it depends on what they need. Um, Typically, I recommend next steps. So if we're working on education for Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, I recommend that next they consider doing the Advanced Care Directive, also called Living Will, with a power of attorney. I recommend that they uh, sign life insurance. I recommend that they go ahead and think about Uh, some of the things with funeral directives, some of the things for Medicaid. And Mm -hmm. sometimes they come back to me uh, to talk through those things, family mediation type of thing. Sometimes they come to professionals like you. Um, And then some folks call me when something bad happens. So I am, I do take uh, crisis calls. I will uh, go through funeral planning and funeral implementation with people Um, I do a lot of introductions to uh, soft handoffs to hospice. I attend a lot of admissions, um, care plan meetings with facilities. I do a lot of liaison work. And so really it's kind of like I'm their girl. I'm their girl. I'm the person that's in their corner and can explain and, and spend the time that maybe a nurse may not be able to spend or, um, an admin may not be able to spend at a facility. You know, I'm, I can bedside manner and handhold and, and raise their comfort level and their contentment and tell them what to expect. And really that's through uh, diagnosis, disease, prognostication, caregiving plans on into uh, deathbed, death, um, even wow. funeral implementation and then grief. Wow, sounds very inclusive, um, uh, your services do. And it sounds like pretty much anyone could benefit from having a geriatric doula. Would you agree? Sure, absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. Well, you know, it's funny that we tend to put labels on things, you know, as Americans, and um, 
you know, whether, whether you're a psychologist or a social worker or a neurologist or a, you know, this and that, but really it's about learning as much as you can and standing there holding a lantern on whatever path the person's on. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are some clients that, that have a really hard time, whether it's physically, emotionally, financially, you know, some diagnoses are, are really cruel. And then for the caregiver or the family member to deal with Medicare, Medicaid, paperwork, um, caregiving schedules, paying outrageous prices in facilities, and they become a 40-hour-a-week care service manager. Mm-hmm. So if you can prep a little bit of that before crisis and you can have some of that already done, or if you can automate things or have things a little bit smoother at the time, that allows that lady to be his wife, right. not his service manager. That allows for that child to be his daughter, not his social worker. And that really is what it's about. It's really a holistic purview to aid toward quality of life, really. Sure. And I, I think when uh, families take on the role of caregivers, they don't realize, you know, how overwhelming it can be. And so they do lose those roles as a wife, as a daughter, as a, you know, whatever it might be. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's hard not to. Of course it is. Of course it is. And having someone there to uh, hold your hand through it all or to just, listen you know is uh, is just a wonderful thing it's it's just great um it's one of the best things you can do for a family and and uh, an elderly person but so how does someone go about finding out that this is even something that they might benefit from and then where would they go to to find you that's a great question. I that's hard to be honest. Um, the doula approach has been around since the seventies. Uh, in upstate New York, there is a licensed social worker who I, I read all of his work and I follow him. His name is Henry Fursco Weiss, and he really started this holistic approach. He is uh, responsible for starting the first doula service in a hospice GIP or general in-service. So it was a uh, more like a hospice house where he trained doulas to really engage and work on life, meaningful engagement issues, you know, listen intentionally and uh, actually help people through their times, whether it's the family or the patient in a dying setting. And so then he started the International End-of-Life Doula Association called Inelda, and that really took off. And so the services of end-of-life death doulas have been available in the northern states and also out on uh, California's coast for a while. Mm-hmm. Here uh, in Tennessee, there are, uh, that I know of, about 100 doulas they each specialize in different things. And so that's where it gets harder to uh, network or make a reference list of such. So I have a friend in Atlanta that all she does is 
funeral service. Mm. But at a funeral home, instead of a daughter going into a whitewashed, sterilized room to fix her mother's hair, they can meet the doula there in a living room setting with quilts and old antique lamps and uh, just a very different setting and talk through it. This is how, this is what you might see. This is how this is going to work. This is what's coming next. And the dialogue is intentional towards grief, towards closure, towards psychological coping. So it's, it's more than a companionship, but that's an example of a doula using that in a specialty. Does that make sense, Patty? Yeah, yeah, it does. And kind of answered uh, one of the questions I was going to ask. I believe you've already answered. Not all doulas provide the same lines of service or the same services. It is pretty particular to what the needs are of that person, if I understand it correctly. Yes, it is. And it's it's based on uh, the area. It's also based on the doula's academic experience. So um, there are nurses that are doulas and they use the doula approach, the doula technique in nursing, but they're guided by the nursing boundaries. So not many of them consult, not many of them do private practice. Um, like I said, my, my background is in psychology, counseling, grief, aging. And so I'm able to kind of be present in more situations academically than um, someone who just maybe specializes in um, maybe a power, doing power of attorneys, you know, mm-hmm. or estates, or it really depends on your scope. And a lot of the doula approach is about boundaries and ethics and appreciating that the scopes are there for a reason. Oh, that, that all just sounds wonderful. Sounds like a wonderful service you're providing. Um, I know we're getting a little short on time, but I, um, I'm, I'm sure everyone is curious to know, uh, is this something that uh, insurance will pay for? And what kind of a cost are we looking at for services, for doula services? Doula service is private pay. Um, most families hire me as a private consultant okay. and it's, it's all out of pocket because uh, Medicare and Medicaid will not pay for a doula service because it is not medical. Mm-hmm. So just like your health insurance doesn't pay for, um, you know, a life coach, then it's, it's kind of the same principle. However, I am able to build long-term care insurance. I am, um, able to do most of the time I do a sliding scale. It really depends on what the family wants and um, how much care they need. If I do private care, as far as caregiving, attending at the bedside, if I take on personal caregiving, it's usually by the hour. And if I do uh, other things, I try to do in affordable packages because I realize that that most people in my practice area, which is Sumner County, most people don't know really what they're looking for or don't really know what they need and may not be able to afford, you know, thousands of dollars of packaged plans. And so I really do things a la carte. 
I do a lot of uh, free education sessions and especially about Medicare and funeral things because that answers a lot of questions. And I do a lot of free um, things about Medicaid, you know, getting ready for Medicaid at 62, which just um, blows people's minds. But to answer your question, I have um, some pricing on my website, but it is all sliding scale depending on what people need. It usually comes out to between 30 and $50 an hour, to be honest with you. And that is, that is a cut affordable rate. I know other doulas do it differently. Uh, other doulas, um, some, some doulas that I know work for their firm, work for a funeral home or work for, um, somebody that provides Medicare services and they don't charge consulting fee at all. But being on my own, I've been consulting. This is my 12th year this year. So um, I also started uh, networking with other doulas and we're working towards having that type of database that you asked about, Patty. Well, um, lastly, can you tell what is the name of your website? Sure. It is the gerodula.com. So T-H-E-G-E-R-O doula, D-O-U-L-A.com. And I'd be happy to answer any questions. You'll see I've got uh, quite a bit of background and I talk a lot about the reasons behind the need for a doula and my own personal journey and uh, my theoretical orientation about there is a simpler way, you know, there, there is a way to successfully age. And a lot of times I feel like people uh, fall into traps or hit the speed bumps because they just don't want to talk about it. Well, if you, if you just rip the bandaid off, it may not be as bad as you think. And then you've done it. You never have to do it again. And so it's really nice to sit down at the kitchen table ahead of time and say, okay, here's what I, here's what I think's ahead. Let's skip this crisis or skip this speed bump that certainly is wise advice and um thank you so much for your information and uh so that's it for today's episode and thank you for listening take us mcginnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one please join us next week for another episode of aging starts now Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com. Document downloads, the Take Us McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.